You know, I think we should redo the intro with both of us. I feel like it's a little male dominant having me just do the intro. You're so woke. <laughs> we can redo it sometime. <gasps> you're you're an independent woman. You don't need me doing that for you. Oh my god, women have been waiting centuries for this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. Thank you so much for checking us out. This show is all about learning more about the authors that have inspired us and diving into the stories that they not only created, but lived as well. So join myself, Tyler Clausen, and my co-host, Hannah Ray Lambert, as we explore the worlds that live just out of reach. Love is in the air. I can feel. You know what? It's not love. It's pollen. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> oh, I'm sneezing and I'm so gross. He's crying because men can have feelings uh, too. Don't let him. That's not you. why I'm crying. It's because of the dust. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, I, I was worried you were sick when I came in here. I'm not really used yeah. to these allergies. <laughs> yeah, I I was sneezing and sniffling and like doing that like gross like gargly sound like oh. Thank you for recreating it for the uh, listener. You want me to do it right up in the mic? Because oh, no. I will. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to Between Lewis and Lovecraft. I'm Tyler. And I'm Hannah. You got to introduce yourself. Thank you. Yeah. I, I like that. I allowed that. As <laughs> a white male, I allowed you. <laughs> oh, man. Hannah, what's your love language? Oh, my gosh. I thought you'd never ask. Yeah? My love language is definitely words of affirmation. Uh, is it? I've learned that just recently. You, you told me that so well. You did such a good job. You think so? Yeah. Oh, I see what you're doing there, but I still appreciate it. Yeah. Anyway, love languages. We're talking about that today. We're talking about dating. We're talking about having relationships, not just like sexual and, and all that, but like just, just being around people. Yeah, making all of your relationships better. Because I don't know if you noticed, but people have not been around each other a lot lately. They have not. In fact, we've specifically been told not to be around we each other. We are actively avoiding each other. I smiled at someone the other day, and I thought that I broke a rule. <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought you did, too. They were like, why the hell is a stranger smiling at me? Stop showing me your teeth, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've all been in lockdown for a while. It looks like, at least where we are, that might be ending soon -ish. We're in a weird gray area where yeah. things are like, oh, it's opening, but there's still restrictions, but everyone's going to open anyway. I don't <laughs> know. It's weird. But just in case you might see another human in the near future, we thought it might be a good idea to remind you how to relate to others. Yeah. I think it's it's important to, like, we're living in an age of, um, of online dating. You know, I remember my dad would online date, and I always thought that was super weird back in the late 90s early 2000s whoa yeah but now it's like straight up it's the norm is to go on to an app and and date people through that right yeah that, that is the norm you missed that You're i very did fortunate. I, i'm gonna be relying <laughs> a lot on you hannah because i don't know anything about it yes. at all so we are totally the best people to be talking to you guys about this because tyler married the second girl he liked and i had <laughs> never been in love with anyone so liked is not the right word do we should we talk really quickly give some background to our our dating and relationship uh life <laughs> Uh, like our backgrounds are, um, I, I can't think of the right word because of allergies. <laughs> I'll go first. All right. Hi, expertise. Sorry. <laughs> expertise. <laughs> so my expertise is that I am literally the farthest thing from an expert ever. <laughs> I've never been oh, in so love. Oh, so you're a philosophy major. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> I've never been in love. I occasionally casually date. Uh, I am most likely to be criticized by men for being cold and distant. So, uh, yeah. All right. That, that's my expertise. Wow. Tyler is How many guys have you dated? Like- Like been in a relationship with? Oh, like relationship? Like- I'm not going to ask too personal probably questions. Probably two. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And it's been a long time. Is it just not the right guy is, has approached you, or are you just actively not dating people? Um, I mean, I feel like everyone says the former- 
Uh-huh. But also, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm too picky. Yeah. You're just focusing on your career right now. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing that everybody <laughs> says. Guys, I'm not focusing on my career. I just don't like you. Oh. <laughs> it's not her. It's you. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of me, but also it's you. And oh, it's okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, you weren't wrong in the uh, kind of. So I've had a total of two girlfriends in my life, and I and I married the second one. Uh, the first one dumped me after two weeks, uh, and it took three years for me to understand why. Uh, like, I would pester her for three years. Oh. Not like annoying stalker you pester her. We were still friends, um, and, and we'd hang out all the time. Uh, and finally, after three years, I was like, why – why what was it like i'm i'm interested in other girls what was it about me that you didn't like and she was my friend enough to tell me that she's like you were just super dorky and i didn't really i didn't respect that at the time and then she told me later that she felt embarrassed because now she sees how fun i am because of my dorkiness it's like yeah you missed out lady and then and now I'm with Rebecca, who is also dorky and loves me for my dorkiness. Oh, so uh, I scooped that up 15 years. later. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, how old were you guys when you got married? Because you guys met in high school, right? We met in high school. I, I, I saw her singing opera in the back of a cafe uh, my sophomore year of high school. So I was 15 when I saw her for the first time. Um, I asked her out. She said no. And then um, about a year and a half later, I asked her out again. And she said, sure. Uh, <laughs> a ringing <I'm> endorsement. <laughs> not exaggerating at all. At all. She literally said, sure. Uh, and because that's how she is. And then um, and then we were t- together for eight years. Wow. Before we got married. Um, and I was away for about 18 months of that in Arizona. Um, and then I came back and I, I worked my ass off to justify marrying her because I wasn't going to jump into a marriage without feeling as though I could provide for her. Um, and a lot of that stems from like, I have divorced parents. I've seen my parents, uh, remarry and re-divorce. So I, I didn't want to, I don't want to play that game. You know, if, if I'm going to marry somebody, then I'm going to do it the right way, you know, as, as best I can. Not like the my ways. The, the way, only but. right way ever. Well, uh, I think a Mr. Gary Chapman would really approve of all of the thought that you put into that decision. You think so? I think you so. You think I'd make Gary happy? I think he would. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably listening right now and going, "Yep, that's Gary." Tyler's. If you're, if you are uh, listening, I, I will say, like we've Beck and I knew about love languages before we got married. You can't go to church in the mid to late like early 2000s like 2007 ish and not have heard about love languages oh my and God, that's get, hilarious I've like never it's heard of them. such a big deal um and everybody i remember everyone what's your love language oh, my love <laughs> and it was like it was like getting put into a, a harry potter house oh you know how God. everyone wants to be in a harry potter house and like or like what superpower would you have like that's that was the youth group young uh adult christian version of that is what love language are you and so now we're gonna jump into that emo high school me would have hated that (laughs) really were you like super emo i was super emo i was very upset that my mom wouldn't let me dye my hair black which i'm really thankful she didn't now she also wouldn't let me pierce my lip which thank you again mom Uh, oh you you're you are okay with that i am i i think as a mid 20 year old you would think that that's cool like piercing your piercing lip at the li- very least. No, 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 you can't like un unpierce your face. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't do that. All right, but yeah. So uh, just to set it up, we did read books for this episode. We did. Yeah. Uh, between the two of us, we read four books, um, and the first ones we're going to talk about are two variations of kind of the same book, which yeah. are the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman mm-hmm. and his background. For those who didn't go to youth group in the early 2000s, <laughs> um, he's a pastor from North Carolina. Uh, his original Five Love Languages. Five Love Languages book came out in 1992, and since then he's written like a dozen variations of it, all oh, tailored yeah. to like specific groups of people, like singles, which is the one I read, children, um, I think, uh, oh, you workplace, have down here, like, yeah, workplace, workplace. yeah, um, and th- even a military edition, which 
That's okay. nuts. Whatever. Like, like, he just wants for, to make a bunch of money. Yeah, I mean, when the when a publisher goes, hey, you know how you wrote this book four times already? Can you just take that exact same thing and just change it so, like, yeah, I don't know, military? He's like, oh, yeah, that totally works for military. When you're being yelled at by your drill sergeant, <laughs> just remember that their love language is probably words of affirmation. <laughs> I love you, sir. <laughs> Oh, my God. I need that in a movie now. (laughs) So, okay. So, for the people who, like me, did not learn about the five love languages in youth group, um, do you want to just go over them briefly, what each of them are? And then you asked me what mine is, but I haven't heard what yours is. Yeah. Okay. So, the gist of it is, uh, number one, words of affirmation. So, if your love language is words of affirmation, you might like compliments, praise, um, just acknowledgement of your efforts. Um, and people letting you know with words what they like about you. Right. And then uh, number two is gifts. People who speak this love language is uh, love language uh, like a tangible reminder of of someone that they care about or that th- that somebody cares about them. Um, whether it's like something super free and cheap, like a like you went for a hike and someone picked a flower for you, like that's a reminder. That's a gift. And, um, or it could be an expensive piece of jewelry where there are people who like that and that's just how they're built. Um, <laughs> I love your note on the, to add to their succulent. <laughs> I felt like that was a very like contemporaneous <laughs> example. <laughs> Since plants are all the rage now. Um, I'm sorry, but when I read it, like I don't read succulent, like, the plant, which I know exists. I understand that Are that's a plant. Are you making it dirty? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Or in addition to their succulent co- collection. Okay. You should do commercial <laughs> voiceovers for, like, sexy succulents or something. S- these succulents will make you blossom. Oh, my God. <laughs> You'll want to pollinate this succulent. <laughs> you really got pollen on the brain right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> up in my nose. <laughs> so the third love language is acts of service so this is you showing someone you love them by doing things that the other person will appreciate like mowing the lawn cooking them dinner doing the laundry picking up something they need when you're at the store just showing them that you're thinking about them and you're you want to make their life easier yeah um the fourth is quality time and this is this is really interesting because i thought it was one thing but it turns out to be something kind of different and more specifically undivided attention um, spending time with another person without distractions. I know this one intimately because it's Rebecca's um, love language. She needs that. And I always thought that we were having that. Like I thought I was giving that to her when I'd like sit down and, and sh- let her pick a movie and we'd just watch a movie or watch TV or something. But as I was doing this reading, I was finding out that that's not – that is almost the opposite of what uh, quality time was. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. And then the fifth love language is physical touch. So, of course, this can be in the sexual sense, but also it can Woo! just be a reassuring <laughs> well, what you didn't want to hand say that. on the shoulder. <laughs> you know what? What you guys do in private is none of my business. Yeah. But if you want some non-rated R physical touch, it can be a reassuring hand on the shoulder, holding hands, hugging, etc. Within, like, the appropriate confines I, of society. Any, any touching, any um, consensual touching yeah. is, is a part of that. Um, a couple things that are, are important to note is, like, everybody can sit here and say that they like something about that. Obviously, I like getting gifts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I like it when my wife touches me. Obviously, I like spending time with people I like. There, I like it when people do acts of service for me. Like... Everybody has a part of this, but it's more specific than that. It's it's through like through some understanding and creative ways of of looking at it that I think you can start to figure it out. Um, but it's it's more specific. Like it's I'm trying to think of how like physical touch. If I was somebody that physical touch was really my love language. Then, you know, you put if I put my hand on my wife's knee or whatever, then that's that's just comforting. That's just me. saying. But if she were to put her hand on my knee, that's like her saying, I love you. You are the most important person. Like, it's not just comforting. It is a moment that I will never forget. Like physical touch is so much more important to somebody whose love language is 
love language that it that is oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> no that's okay and um i think you're you're on to something there he he mentions a lot in the book um how a lot of times couples can think that they're speaking the other person's love language because they are giving showing them love in the way that they want to receive it so like if my love language is words of affirmation i would be like layering praise on my significant other but if that's not your significant other's love language then it won't mean as much to them exactly so it's just falling flat and so uh to get back to your question of what is my love what language, is your love i knew you were gonna get back to it so um i thought for the longest time it was physical touch um because i'm a guy i feel like yeah that's really a very easy. dude thing. yeah it's really easy for guys to think that and i think that you have to stop and reconsider it plus listening to this audiobook um was really cool and having them dive into each one and kind of having uh a way for you to understand it um and look at it and i i realized when he said something like i i like to touch my wife i you know i'll put my hand on her back i'll put my hand on her knee when we're driving you know i'll hold her hands and i, and I like kissing her and married people stuff right like we like to do that everybody does but what I generally do, when I what I do to go out of my way to do, is clean the kitchen, take out the trash, you know, and, and make sure that the cats are fed so she doesn't have to do it. Like I do all these things so that she doesn't have to do it. Um, I will. She has never in her life called um, anybody to deliver anything or order any food. Like now that you can do it online she'll order food through the internet but she has never in her life ordered food over the phone like is she afraid of talking to people she's or? just an introvert it's just not something that she can do and and i as her husband as as someone who wants to show her love will do that for her every single time no questions asked i might give her a little shit for it just to have fun <laughs> but i will do it no problem that is an act of service so i realized listening to uh, Chapman read his own book and uh, like through the way that he said like you if you're trying to figure out what your love language is look at what you do for other people oh. what you do naturally for other people not what you do specifically for one person because you know that's their love language what do you do naturally for people I love to serve people and I like not in the um I, I I've never been to uh like a Thanksgiving um, uh, house shelter to help people out. Like I don't do that. I don't serve people. I don't know. I show people love people that I appreciate and respect and love. I show them that by doing something for them. Um, and so I've, I've realized that that is my love language acts of service. Yeah. 100%. That's interesting. I'm kind of the opposite from what Chapman says you're supposed to be like my love language. I'm pretty confident is words of affirmation, uh -huh. but I don't really speak that love language to others very often, and I'm trying to improve on that because I think <laughs> you should be nicer to people and tell them when they do something that you like. I think that that makes sense, though. Um, sorry to interrupt, but no, I, I think that that makes sense because your words of affirmation, if somebody affirms you and, and speaks well to you, um, then that's so meaningful to you that it's really hard for you to reciprocate that to other people because it's so endearing, so close to you. You know what I mean? Like I, the reason why I don't generally go out and just do service for people, I, I don't go build houses or, you know, whatever, because I don't know them. And it, to me, that that's a very special thing. If I'm going to go and help somebody do something, I'm trying to show you love by doing that. Um, so I think for you, it, it makes sense. Like you don't just go around like, ah, you look good today. Ah, nah, those are because you don't, it's, it doesn't come lightly. It's a very serious, very intimate thing to share a positive thought from you to them. Right. Because when somebody does it to you, it's a huge deal. If that's your love language. Right. And I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. Gary Chapman needs to uh, psychoanalyze me, apparently. Apparently he only needs like an hour with each person, yeah. and then their life is changed. And then he gets invited to their weddings, and then they come see him three years later. And yeah. it's just like, how does he have time for all of this? Or like when, in the book that – so you read the singles version, Yeah, right? and it was – I mean, obviously I didn't read the – did you read the original original? Yeah. Uh, so the singles edition seems like 
it touched on a lot of the other relationships too tangentially like it had a small chapter on the five love languages as applied to children uh, as applied to the workplace and stuff so it seems like he kind of wrapped everything up in there yeah and then it also talked about like um things you should (sighs) consider before getting married so i guess that's sort of a singles perspective but also like i thought that was really interesting too and we'll talk about that later but what was different about the the original well it's just it's a lot more uh marriage based it's a lot more like we're at the end of our rope we are getting a divorce we have no other choice and he goes okay let me just sit down with you for like an hour each and we'll get we'll get this sorted out and he had story after story of like he went to someone's house um, and stay the night at their house, and they just kept talking and talking about how shitty their life was together and how awful everything is. And so he's like, "Great, I'll, I want to sit down with you for one hour, and then sit down with your wife for one hour." And and they just talked. And at the end of each hour, he said, "Okay, great. Um, I think what you need to do is just make a list of all the things that your wife does well. Um, and every day, one of those things, just tell her she does one of those things well." And then after like three months, and he told the same thing to the wife. And after three months, um, he called them up and talked to them each individually. And the guy was like, yo, we're doing so well now because she's affirming me. And like my job is doing really well now because my wife supports me. And, you know, I'm willing to like be around her more and all this stuff. And so he's super happy. Then he talks to the wife and she's like, everything's the same. He's working too much, you know, and he, yeah, he says nice things to me and that's great, but I just want to spend more time with him. I just want to be around him. You know, like that was the problem. And so he's like, oh shit, I totally made the wrong move. I should have made his list differently where he should have been saying what, what time he could give to his wife. And so he, he ended up getting on the phone with him again saying, okay, great good job now give her more time and then he called back three months later and she's like everything's great and he's like everything's great and so like they had the perfect marriage after that you know i'm I'm being a little facetious that's funny that he like was still working out the process there because in my version of the book like he didn't have any of those failure stories everything worked out great like uh, people improving their relationships with their like estranged parents and stuff, and I'm like, come on, is this really possible? And I and I think that we're seeing highlights. And yeah, the he, easy, does, he doesn't the, put the failure. Yeah, he picks and chooses, but he puts in stuff from in the book that I read that are very like he is working out the process. It would essentially be like you're watching Batman when he first started. You know, he's not going to be able to save every citizen. And then you read the version when he's got Batman and Robin and the other Robin <laughs> and, you know, Nightwing, Red Robin, and uh, the whole Batman crew behind him so he can be everywhere at once. He can do everything and save everyone. And he's fucking fighting Superman. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like a really great image, Gary Chapman. Batman. Batman. <laughs> That Gary. <laughs> uh, so I did want to talk about um, a couple of the things, the pre-marriage things that I thought uh, were really interesting. Yeah. And you don't have to say if uh, this applies to you pre- right. pre-marriage. But this, this honestly might be close to what I read in my second book, oh, which okay. was, uh, I'll just bring it up now. Uh, I read, <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I wanted to read Men Are Spaghetti, or Men Are Waffles and Women Are Spaghetti. But Libro FM, Libro.fm didn't have that one available. They have it on there. You can see it, but it's not available for some reason. Weird. So I saw another version that was guys are waffles and, and girls are spaghetti. And I was like, oh, that must just be like an updated version. No, it's a teen version. <laughs> <laughs> Which it was so very much written for teens. Oh, like gag inducingly so? Almost. There were some parts where I rolled my eyes hard. Uh. And there were other times that it had me cracking up. But we'll get into that later. Okay. But I think so I think a lot of what you're going to say now might pertain to that book a little bit more. So so two of the things that I actually thought were were useful and um well I I thought a lot of it was useful. Like I thought learning love languages like even if it's not perfect. I I'm the kind of person who tends to think that self-help books are a little cheesy. Sure. I'm a skeptic hardcore. Um, 
but I thought this book in general was very good. Yeah. Um, two of the like pre-marriage thing points that he made that I thought were really useful were one, making sure you have enough things in common that you can grow together instead of apart. Yeah. So like you don't have to be the identical person, but if like one of you is a total extrovert and wants to go out all the time and the other one is a total homebody, you might not grow together as well as you think you will when yeah. you're still in that honeymoon phase of of your relationship um so and like making sure you have the same values and stuff so again not being the same person but having the right things in common and kind of figuring that out before you are like hey we're gonna go get hitched and i think that is 100 percent one of the reasons why rebecca and i work so well becca and i are into completely different things she's into k-dramas and jane austen and um salads (laughs) spicy food um i am not i'm i'm into dungeons and dragons and comic books you know and and all of that but what we share what we identify as is nerdy people just for our own things Mm -hmm. and so i'm so passionate about comic books i see how passionate she is about korean dramas you know and and she's so passionate about Jane Austen, she understands why I love Dungeons and Dragons. You know, and so like there's this shared passion, not shared interest. Mm-hmm. But slowly we compromise a little bit and not compromise in a bad way, compromise in the you grow as you get older. And like I will watch Jane Austen movies. I we've actively gone out to go see Jane Austen movies and things. She has started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like, she loves Batman as a superhero. And I know some Korean pop music. Oh, my God. By heart. Yes. <laughs> like, I can, I can sing it if you want. Um, so so there's, there is stuff, give and take on that. But it's the fact that we share common passion, mm-hmm. I think, for what we're into. That we can resonate with that. Nice. So I, that, I'm affirming that. You're affirming that. Perfect. And then the other I'm thing. I'm affirming that. Thank, you're Anna. not affirming me. You're affirming oh. Gary Chapman. <laughs> and then the other thing that I thought was a, a really good point and something that I will have to keep in my brain because I find it very hard to communicate sometimes about feelings and such. But he says that you really, really have to air your grievances before you get married. So if something bothers you about the other person or how they act or just... I mean, it could be small things, but also it could be deeper habits that you don't like. Sure. Don't wait and hope it goes away later. Right. You have got to communicate before you get hitched because it won't go away. Yeah. Again, uh, I think Beck and I have hit this on the head. We've had to deal with a I mean, we were together for eight years before we got married. There's no way <laughs> I could hide some of my shit from Becca for that long. Um, so, you know, we've had to deal with that before we got married and, and we're still dealing with a lot of it now. Are, are you guys pretty good at communicating? Um, I feel like you would be. You're good at talking. Yes and no. I mean, so there are there are times when we are very good at communicating. Um, Becca will, will communicate what she's feeling, and I will communicate how I can work through things. Uh, I psychoanalyze everything. Uh, I logic everything. Uh, but that can be a problem, too, in a relationship. If I sit there and try and psychoanalyze Becca in her moments of despair, she's just going to get upset um so it's it it, that goes into the next book for me the waffles and spaghetti sort of situation hit it because i did not read this one (laughs) do you want me to go into that yeah already okay Uh, i guess we're yeah we're we're on time so uh i read uh men are waffles women are spaghetti um or rather the teen version of that Um, but I, I already kind of had an idea of what it was going to hold. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to be so Christian-y uh, when I started reading it. Did you feel like Love Languages w- was a bit Christian-y? Um, I mean, maybe because I knew he was a pastor going into it. Yeah. He didn't – he wasn't over the top about it. He did talk – I mean, he talked about how he met a lot of his clients at church. Sure. Um, and then he did have, like, one brief chapter that was like, you know – your relationship will be better if you don't have premarital sex sure. and stuff like that. And I, I got very triggered, but I, I get it. You know, whatever. <laughs> I bet. I, and I'm sure, yeah, I can go on that for a while. Um, but in mine, in my version, he, you know, he would bring in some scripture every once in a while to say like, you know, and Jesus talks about this. And Oh, he did not do any of that in and, the singles edition. And, and it was very, very, uh, he probably did that on purpose, to be honest, um, because he knew – 
This is the book that we're that, all like, godless. This heathens? is the book that your mom would give to you because she wants you non-Christian, non-church going daughter of hers to stop sleeping around. <laughs> um, Thanks, mom. Yeah. Um, but waffles and spaghetti was was very Christiany, um, at least the teen version. Um, and you know, I had to work through that a little bit because there were there were some things that I it just it kind of. You know, going into Adam and Eve and the way that they were created, why they were created, like, yes, I can I can get on board with some of it, but then you, you get in you lose me real fast with some of it. So, um I had to work through that. Um but what I did really enjoy was um the author of this is not the original author of um not the original author author of waffles and spaghetti men are waffles women are spaghetti he is he is somebody who wrote he rewrote this book specifically for teens with like the blessing of the original oh, authors yeah so he liked it so much um that he he wanted to he's like we need a teen version of this yes and it's written by chad typical chad <laughs> i know i'm trying to find the information <laughs> Wait, chad that... Easton. oh it is his name <laughs> uh is his name um the original book was written by bill farrell and pam farrell um and then chad rewrote it and then you get a lot of um he read it and then his editor mackenzie also read parts that were more like better suited for having a female voice <laughs> um and and then they have like these uh, dialogues that go on kind of like how you and I do our thing on um, on uh, Google Docs when you're critiquing my book or I'm yes. critiquing yours and I'll be like are you sure you meant this and you're like yeah I meant that or you know like that's that sort of thing they do that and they leave it in oh nice so like so they they'll have a little dialogue there it, it was kind of interesting it was a good little audio um, but Chad god I hate his name Chad um <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Apologies to all the Chads I like your out voice. There. I like your writing. I do not like your name. Chad uh, would dive deep into the science of things, which I loved. He went into why chromosomes are the way that they are, what the chromosomes do, how it affects um, the process of, of um, being born and like how you develop in a, as a fetus. He goes into the process of the different parts of your brain and how they affect how you think. And, you know, he talks about like men's brains are 50 percent larger, but women's brains are much more connected. So, um, you know, it's it's this super give and take back and forth. And I loved it. I loved that there's I mean, it's easy for a Christian to go there's this dividing line there's men and there's women and i know that we're living in a time and a place where it's really it's really easy to go "Mm, there's this a lot of gray area um which i i would love to affirm those people i'm not going to sit here and and say you got to pick and choose you got to live with what you got i'm not ever going to say that i will (laughs) will not do that uh smart move but there is science. We do have science that does say that there are two X chromosomes and an X and a Y, and they create genders. Well, and science doesn't have to be exclusive. Like, I hate when people, you know, react to a scientific study or something, and they're like, well, that doesn't apply to me. Like, I'm a girl who likes to do X. It's like, well, yeah, but the science says, like, the majority of women's brains work this way or something. Not all of them. So right. I think and that's he an made important that, disclaimer to put he out He made there. that clear. He's like, look, these are general points that we are making. Everybody can, you know, be the exception, but generally people are not the exception. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed that process. And the idea behind Waffles and Spaghetti is that the the basics you know taking an entire book and putting it into a sentence is that men compartmentalize everything you know we do okay now i'm podcast mode next i'm gonna be editing mode next i'm gonna be you know a good husband mode and next i'm gonna be nothing mode like there's literally a box for us where it's just nothing where we just zone out and we do think say nothing and we oh, trance lucky out you. exactly yeah and and so like there is there's we are in each individual mode at any given time right and we we have to get out of one mode to get into the other women on the other hand 
every single emotion, every single thought, every single possible possibility, everything is all stranded together. And once you start trying to sift through one, you're going to touch five or six more. And once you get over those, there's five or six more waiting on each of those five or six. And and every single thing you deal with is all interconnected with everything else in your life. I am, just I, am I off like, base? Or is no, that I just pictured my emotions as like a rope with all of the little like individual strands twisted together. Oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah. I always envisioned it more as like, you know, the crazy guy with the newspapers on the on the wall and he's got oh, all the, all of all the, the different connecting <laughs> strings and stuff. That's how I envisioned women's emotions and thoughts to be. That's also very good, <laughs> but also makes me feel like a serial killer. So I'm not sure. <laughs> or like someone trying to catch a serial killer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. And that does explain why, like, every time my mom or I try to talk to my dad and he, like, just doesn't hear us. Right. Like, that explains so much. But yeah. I'm still going to get pissed off every time I'm trying to tell him something. And then five minutes later, he looks up and says, did you say something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, and it comes from the fact that, like, men, we our our brains aren't as connected as women's are. Like, it, it's just a, a fact. Like, between the left and the right hemisphere of the brain, women have more um, connections. And I was going to say something really smart and sound like I knew what I was talking about, but I was going to probably mess up the word, so I'm not going to say it. What does it start with? I thought it was going to be an N. I, I was going to say uh, nutrients. <laughs> I know that's Neurons? wrong now because I said it out loud. <laughs> See, I was actively avoiding saying the word, Hannah. No, that's what I'm here for. Neurons. Neurons. No, that's no. not the I think you're Synapses? right. Yes, that's the right word. That's 100% the <laughs> right word. What I was going for was not even neurons. It was something completely different that was completely wrong. That's okay. But it got us to. That's what we're here for. We bounce ideas off of each other until we get to the word you're looking for. Jumping in real quick for a mid-episode shout-out. I've been listening to an up-and-coming artist a lot lately, mostly while I edit shows or design stuff for the show or t-shirts and stuff. He goes by Katana Boy. And he's from Montana, and his style is very chill and easy to sink into. With his latest release, he found a new home on Spotify. And for his album, he says, Katana Boy is the sword-wielding avatar through whom I explore the fantastical soundscapes of the sonic plane. Join our hero in his most daring exploration as he navigates the caverns, fields, oceans, and forests of the realm of resilience. If you're wondering what he sounds like, well, this is it. This is what's playing behind me right now. I highly recommend Katana Boy if you're looking for something new and easy to bob your head to while you chill out. angle to it though because like you've talked about the science and stuff but how does that apply to teen relationships so it it got into the basics of of why you have a relationship what do you what is the point of a relationship and that was the biggest part of i think the teen version of it um being like what i thought was really interesting to be honest because in in church you are taught like yo be abstinent be pure you know, if you're going to date, you're going to, like, go out with, like, ten people all at once so that you don't fall into sin. Yikes. Um, and, like, so that's that's the realm that I came from, right? And in this book, it was super interesting to me because they're like, oh, what you should do is date people. Like, you should go out and date people. But know that dating them is not being married to them. Understand that if you date someone, no matter how long you're dating them, you can just leave them at any time, right? And I was like, oh, shit, what? <laughs> this is the Christian version of things now? I, I didn't realize, like, they're like, look, um, 
until you've committed yourself to them, you haven't committed yourself to them. You are in a dating relationship. Marriage is when you have decided to commit and be with them long term. Um, and, and being just, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, it should always be fun. It should always, not that it shouldn't be hard. There are going to be hard times because you're working through things. You're becoming a different person. They're becoming a different person, but it should be fun. Dating should be fun. And honest to God, hearing that coming from a Christian is 100% not what I expected at all. Like I always, from when I was a kid, it was you date to get married. Mm -hmm. And, and if you, if you're dating around, you're a slut and you're falling into impurity and you're, you know, you're, you're opening up a foothold for the devil to get you. Whoa. These are things <laughs> I heard legitimate. I'm so glad I didn't hear that growing up. Right. So, so to, and they were like, look, and a lot of people will say, you know, and they're like, a lot of people say <laughs> you shouldn't date anybody ever. There are people that, that believe that. There are also people be who believe you should date at least 100 people in what? your life. And they're like, we're not saying one of those is right or wrong. What we're saying is most psychologists <laughs> say between one and four people is how many you should have a strong relationship with before you get married. Because in that time frame, you learn who you are, you grow, you see how other people are growing, and you, and you learn what you need from your partner. So I thought that was super interesting. They they talked about how love should be an emotion secondary. That, you know, we experience love and what we say is love is more like, you know, a, a drug. Which, and nowadays we're so cynical and so um, educated through the internet and stuff that most people will think that that's a cliche. And I, and I agree, it's kind of a cliche they go into it, you know, the way that you feel when you're in love with somebody is almost exactly the same way that people feel when they're on heroin and cocaine. Your brain treats it exactly the same. And so you get addicts who are addicted to love. They are addicted to new romances and feeling affirmed and feeling pleasure and, and all of that. Um, but what real love is, is a commitment. Real love is deciding that no matter what, I want to be with this person. And and so I'm going to jump off of the pages of these books real quick and go into my own philosophy of like, I believe, you know, there are the Bible talks about love in three different different ways, at least. Um, and um, there's even a verse where Jesus asks uh, Paul, Peter, um, w three different times if he loves him. Mm -hmm. And he asks three different ways. Um, and there's a there's these there's words that you can use in place of love um, that we take for granted. We're like, I love you. And that's an all encompassing word. But like the Latin um, or Greek, I'm sorry, you know, they've got a word that means I am committed to you. That is the same as love. Um, I there's a word that's like I am attracted to you and that is the same as love and then there's a word that means you're like a brother to me and that's the same as love bro love yeah uh Philip I can't remember exactly what it is I'm really sorry theologians who yeah are you're the worst for not being able to remember scholar. an obscure Greek word uh Philet it, it starts with ph Phil um, and I only know that because uh, uh, Philadelphia is the same. Phil is the same word. It's the city of brotherly love. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You got me there. Right. I was, I, that I was wasn't so a joke. Confused. That was being really for real. Um, so, uh, and, and I've, I've heard sermons about it and I've talked about it. Like the idea that like you need to have those three different things to really show true love is to be committed to somebody, be attracted to somebody. And then what I think Beck and I really, really have, especially right now, as we go into our fifth year of marriage, we are best friends. There's nobody else I'd rather hang out with more than her. She's like a brother to me, right? In that sense of the, the brotherly love. Your actual brother is making faces <laughs> through the window right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd much rather be with Rebecca than that guy. Aww. <laughs> oh, man, I'm joking. But, but I like, there is that where our relationship has developed so much. 
she and I laugh about the stupidest things together. We we can just sit in a car and enjoy being around each other and point out dumb things and, and enjoy each other's presence like that. Plus, I'm committed to her. Plus, I find her very attractive. And those all of those things combine to create true love. Uh, so Aww. that was my one step out of the waffles and, and stuff. Waffles and spaghetti. What I <laughs> liked about it. One step out of the waffles and stuff. I like that. Um, <laughs> what I liked about it was that they approached teenage love and kind of gave a little more definition to it, some structure, and helped. Like, they got into super basic stuff. Like, to, don't. <laughs> They're like, don't have too much eye contact. Make eye contact, oh but don't stare at people. <laughs> like, they got into the basics of human interaction. I should have read that. I'm yeah. such an awkward turtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you read, but you read something equally as profound. I read one that is a perfect follow-up to this really insightful scientific <laughs> uh, book. I read Things You Should Already Know About Dating, You Fucking Idiot. <laughs> And this book... But wait, so on on the title, you know, they have the F word with a little asterisk in there to to make sure that it's not actually the, the F word, right? So while we're recording this, do we need to go back and edit every time you say the title, <laughs> put a little bleep in there just to make sure that the title matches up to what you're saying? Um, You know, I'm not really sure how you make an asterisk sound, so... You just do the bleeping sound. You just do the bleep sound? Beep. I mean, you can do that. I think people will be able to find it regardless. So <laughs> I actually didn't know who the authors were until after I finished it, which I'm glad because I it would have totally ruined it for me. It's written by Ben Schwartz, uh-huh. who is John Ralphio yeah. from Parks and Rec. I didn't yeah. know that. John Ralphio. Yeah, so that would have totally, like distracted me the whole time he wrote it with uh laura moses who is a tv writer i'm assuming they're friends or something maybe they're lovers <laughs> who knows but so this is like it's basically a joke book is it's it? an illustrated guide on dating for millennials it's like did you think it was a real book though when you picked it up did you think this is gonna help me date better no okay i mean look at the title <laughs> like i mean you can have a facetious <laughs> name like that and still be a good book. There were some good tips in it. It's just, it's like really short. Like it took me a couple hours to read it. Like okay. Yeah, well, yeah, for you, but, but for yeah. me, it'd be a couple of days. No, it's like literally, it's 100 tips basically. Okay. Okay. And they're very short with an, a stick figure <laughs> cartoon next to it basically. Gotcha. So it's pretty funny. Like I was laughing at the first on the first third of it, it got a little bit like redundant after a while because I caught on to the sense of humor and I was like, eh. Gotcha. I, I, I've heard this joke before. Um, but so basically, if you actually learned anything from this book, I'm a little bit worried about you. There were three tips that I actually like screenshotted because I wanted to uh, put them out there for all of the loser men folk out there who just don't know how to date. <laughs> and also like, so when... I knew we were going to do this episode. I re-downloaded Bumble. Just, I like oh, to do really? that every couple of months just to see what's out there that I'm not missing. What's out there? What's out there? <laughs> what's out? The answer is not a lot. So maybe <laughs> if we have some time at the end, um, I saved a I'm, couple. I'm legitimately, I was trying to get through this because I want to just start <laughs> chatting about uh, stuff. So we'll get to, so the, yeah. three, the three points from things you should already know about dating, you bleeping idiot. <laughs> what, <laughs> tip number four is regarding location make sure the location isn't right next to you and moons away from them this is so relevant because the last first date i went on was with a dude from bumble or tinder or something uh-huh. and he suggested a location that was like five minutes away from him and an hour drive for me uh... and i was just like what the actual so I already went into it with like a bad attitude because I was so. You pissed went at- on the date. Yeah, I went on the date. Oh come on, so Anna! I was already like sort of pissed at him, and then like it was not gonna. We were not did gonna he, click anyway. Did he use that as an excuse to get you into bed? No, because it was like a coffee date. Oh okay. It, yeah, so I was like, well, the first time, the first day he suggested was like an evening date. Uh huh. Um. But I had something going on that night, so that's kind of why I agreed to go that far. Because I was like, oh, I already like made him change the date. So. Sure. Yeah. But I was just like pissed and not having it. So <laughs> yes, this is a very relevant tip. Uh, the other one that one of the other ones that stood out to me was paying. If you're a guy on a date with a girl, you're paying at least for the first date. Yep. 
I'm sorry, it's 2020. Like, I'll offer to split the check, but if you say okay, I'm never going out with you again. Really? <laughs> like, so so women's rights, equal equality, <laughs> feminism, all of that is out the door on the first date with a guy. Out the door on the first date, like maybe the second date. But- is that? But is that for you specifically, or is that a general rule? I feel like that's a. I think that's still sort of a general rule. Yeah. Like, I think women still expect the guy to pay, as old-fashioned as that sounds. Uh And I think one of the other things that's, for me specifically, is I don't like to spend a lot of money. So, like, (laughs) I I don't mind splitting, like, after the first date. But also, like, I've gone out with dudes who they will eat, like, meals out three times a day. Uh And I'm like, this is not sustainable for my income level. Like. I cannot be getting breakfast, lunch, dinner, and cocktails and splitting the bill with you the whole time. Like, it's just not going to happen. Sure, sure. So I feel like if if that's your personality, too, where you're always like, oh, let's go get lunch. Let's go get, like, appetizers. Let's do all of this shit. Like, at some point, you better be picking up the tab if let you me, make a lot more. Let me ask you this, though. Okay, so do you do you ever suggest where you should go eat or do you let the guy choose? Uh, I feel like every once in a while I'll suggest, although I'm kind of like self-conscious about choosing places because I'm worried that like the other person won't like it. Mm. So that's that's a self-conscious thing. But I would almost say a good rule is, look, if you're going to make me pay for it or let me, air quotes, <laughs> pay for it, then I should be allowed to choose where we're going to go. That's fair. Right? Because I'm, I'm the one taking you out to dinner. So I'm going to take you where I want to take you to mm-hmm. dinner. Now, obviously, if it's some grody ass, like scary sketch hole in the wall, that's a different story. You should get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I I think that there's some consen- concession there of like, of if you have the like y- first date guy pays, then there should also be the rule first date guy chooses. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Again, about I have no skin in this game. I I couldn't give a <laughs> you fuck. You have none. Um, and then the third tip that I actually really related to in this book was if, uh, oh, it's offer to walk your date to their car slash subway slash hoverboard after the date. This is so basic, but like, I feel like this is something that modern dudes, quote unquote, don't do. Really? And I'm like, okay, yeah, like, I know I'm not actually going to get murdered on the way to my car in the parking lot, but like, just walk to my car, it's you asshole. It's kind of just a general dude thing to do. It's just the thing to and do. And, like, what, first of all, do it without thinking anything is going to happen, too. Yeah. Like, I'm just, not going to make out with you at my car, right. necessarily, unless you're, like, Unless it's, like, hot, a very so. specific... Unless you paid for a lot of food. Yeah. <laughs> um, I totally... Yeah. That rule should... I don't know. That's inherent, I think, for me, just yeah. as a person. I would... I try and walk you out to your car. Anytime you leave my studio, and it's right there. That's, right. That's so nice. Like of I just you. try to, or, or like when we leave the book nook, like I want to make sure I'm like, hey, where are you parked? Oh, you're on the other side. I'm gonna walk around with you then, or something. Like I generally don't let you go to your car at night by yourself. Thank you. It's just common decency. It is. That's not even a date thing. So ah, there right. you have it. Three free pieces of of advice from this <laughs> book, but also tried and tested by me. Yeah. Do so let's shit. let's talk <clears throat> real quick. Um, how can people put some of this stuff into general relationships, not dating relationships? We're getting back into a place where people are going to be having relationships with people again. They're going to go see family and friends. They're going to uh, go back to work, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them. What's something that you've picked up from these books that you think people can use in a general sense? I think that you should really just try to pay a little more attention to the people around you and what they react well to. Yeah. So this ties back to the love languages. Don't assume just because you like receiving gifts, that's the way you're going to make your boss or your friend or your mom. (laughs) like Drill sergeant. Yeah, your drill sergeant. (laughs) Don't assume that's going to be the way that you show them that you appreciate them. Right. Uh, Really pay attention to what, what they like and what will make their life more more comfortable what they react to yeah what they they react react to to and so you can try different things like try giving them a compliment like a really genuine compliment yeah um try doing some menial task for them that they've been putting off um see see if they really react to that um try spending time with them or um gary chapman mentioned this you can just ask them be like hey if i could do one thing to make your life better what would it be yeah 
and they might surprise you. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a big one um, for me. And, and I got a lot of this. I mean, this came up a lot in um, love languages because it requires it to speak somebody's love language. But it came up a lot more in Spaghetti's and Waffle mm-hmm. um, because that is a book that's all about br- understanding the other person, not just in a specific love language way, but in an overall how do, how do man talk to girl, right? Like, that is the whole point of it. And I, I think that there is something to be said of if if you were to understand the other gender going back into the world, having that knowledge would be really good because I, I can now know, like, I, I need to listen more, right? And um, actively listening, not just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like asking questions. I think I naturally have that as a as a podcaster, as the type of personality I have. I generally do that pretty well. Um, but there's but there's a lot of people that don't, and there's a lot of people that are unsure about it. And and I think that for guys, we can talk to women by allowing them to just talk to us <laughs> and listen and ask questions and be be willing to take that noodle and just kind of pull it out. And as other noodles start to, am I getting weird looks from Cameron again? <laughs> Cameron is he, not he, he wasn't this here metaphor. for the metaphor. So um, as you're pulling that one noodle out, you're going to hit a lot of other things, but continuing to stay on that line and be being willing to be a part of that. And then for women to talk to guys and know like, okay, he has to be like, we need to figure out what mindset he's in so that I can know what kind of conversation I can have with him. Or, and this was really important in this book, help him get to the right compartment so that I can talk to him. And it can be as simple as, hey, do you mind if I talk to you about something real quick? Just saying that will pull the dude out of whatever they're doing and you can put them in the right place. Like, I think we need to talk about this. Do you mind, can I have a couple minutes to talk to you about that? Or whatever it is. like. Let men know what you want to talk about. If you just go in and you're like, you know what, blah, 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 blah. They're going to be like, what the fuck? I was just thinking about Jack and Daxter from the seventh grade and my favorite video game. I don't, I'm not prepared for this conversation, right? So having that back and forth, listening is a big one. And, and then that goes back to the love languages. The only way that you can learn someone's love language is to listen to them and understand them. Um, and watch the reactions, ask them questions and, and try and figure out how can you help them the best way. And I think that it is important as we go back into a world where we've had this hiatus almost we've in this quarantine, we have the opportunity to kind of have a fresh breath, a restart and say, okay, I want, I want my relationships to be better. How can I do that? And the only way that that's really going to happen is if we really start to love people and it doesn't have to be gross and it doesn't have to be weird. You can just love people and listen to them. That's the number one thing that I got from both of these books is listen Listen to people. I like that. And I like kind of thinking of this whole ordeal as like a a new year, basically. Almost. Like you get to reset your resolutions. Yeah. Um, So yeah, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll try. I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to stop being such a bitch to guys. Should we start quarantine resolutions? Corona resolutions? Not for stuff you're going to do in quarantine, but the person you're going to be after quarantine. quarantine. Um, And I'm sorry to do this because you wrapped it up so nicely, but there was one other thing that I'm that really stood out to me that I think people should apply, and that's don't be afraid to look stupid. Uh huh. Um, because that's something I really suffer. Yeah. Or struggle with is like I don't want to like put myself out there because I don't want to look dumb. dumb. Yeah. Um, but that was you heard me try to talk about synapses earlier, right? Yeah. And you're worried about looking dumb. No, <laughs> different kind of <laughs> emotional dumb. Yeah. Not, all right. So, like you said, how listening is so important. It's so important um, asking questions. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to ask stupid questions. Don't be afraid um, that you're going to seem silly or, like, overly sensitive or whatever for trying to talk about certain things. Just, uh, you know, chances are the other person doesn't notice that much. They're not Generally, judging you yeah. as hard as you are judging yourself. So just try new things and uh, 
and be more open. Yeah. And you're a smart person. I think that you're capable of having a conversation with somebody and it going well. Rat, I think it's more likely to go well than more likely to go bad. My brain's just going to make a computer whir and shut yeah. down. Did you notice what I did, though? Affirmation. Affirmation. Yeah. I feel affirmed. That's what, you, that's what your corona resolution needs to be. To affirm people? The post-corona resolution. That's what it's going to be called. <laughs> Hashtag post-corona post resolution. resolution. It's a little wordy, but we'll work on well, it. <laughs> ah, whatever. Yours has to be you need to affirm one person every day. Ooh, I think I can do that. Yeah? I'm getting better at it. Okay. I, I always worry it sounds fake, though. So, But if it's true, it's not yeah. It's not going to sound fake because you're, you're being honest about it. But I feel like- I genuinely think <laughs> you're an intelligent person. I genuinely think that most conversations you have- will go well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for not lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So um, I wanted to ask you so much more about dating nowadays. We'll, Maybe we'll, we'll get drinks once the, uh, yeah. the bars are back open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, until then, I guess we're going to say goodbye. Do we know what we're doing for our next episode? Uh, yeah. <gasps> That's why we're going to start our summer series, right? We are. Uh, we're gonna go over all of the uh, the classic authors that you should have already read by now, you loser. We're also gonna interject that with fun stuff. With fun stuff. <laughs> so uh, we'll do some serious authors, and then we're we're gonna kind of like alternate with beach reads. So yeah, if, if you can go to a beach this summer. Yeah. Uh, who's who's first? Was it um, Melville? Was it really? That's yep. who we're starting with? Oh, my God. Moby Dick is such a long book. Yeah, I'm not reading that book. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to read about Melville. Uh, so you do that uh, because I can't find a, a biography on him in time. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but all of the libraries are closed here. So I've oh, really been struggling. You know what you should do? You should get on Libro.fm. Guys, sponsor me. And uh, then I'll oh, do Oh, man. Libro, if you sponsored us, I would be so happy. I've legitimately been trying to get our numbers up before <laughs> I contacted you. But, you know, whatever. I'm just spilling the beans. <laughs> but Hannah's getting desperate. <laughs> I'm really desperate. I've had, like, books on hold for the past two and a half months. <laughs> you wouldn't have to have anything on hold on Libro.fm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what's coming up. So stay tuned for our summer series. And in the meantime, Tyler, where can they find us? You can find us on Instagram at lewisandlovecraft.com. I put a lot of work on our Instagram. He so does a great job, guys. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you for the affirmation. Um, Didn't even know I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so check it out for reals. Uh, comment, like, uh, share it with that with people. Um, Facebook, if you are still a boomer and are into Facebook, I guess you can find it. Oh, did I say at Lewis and Lovecraft on Instagram and then Facebook.com slash Lewis and Lovecraft. You can email us with any comments or stories. We haven't talked about it lately, but we are always willing to read your story on our show. If you wanted to write flash fiction or anything, um, or just tell us about a book that you like. If you want to do a book review, you can send that into us, huh? I mean, yeah. We haven't talked about this. This is all I like that. Send it to lewisandlovecraft at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, which has not been touched in several months because I've been so damn busy, uh, lewisandlovecraft.com. And as usual, we want to thank our friend Jake Basson for our awesome intro music. Uh, we jam out to it every time we start every recording the episode. Time. So if you want to listen to more of his stuff, he has all sorts of music um, at soundcloud.com slash Jake Basson, B-A-S-S-E-N. You should definitely subscribe to us. I just switched over to Spotify to listen to podcasts. And Me I subscribed too. to us on our on Spotify. I didn't subscribe. <gasps> to us. You haven't even subscribed. <laughs> I'm a mom. I just like it, it comes up. And I go subscribe to us on Spotify. And everyone go subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, rate and review us while you're there. You can do that on any platform, really. Can uh, people review us on Spotify? Actually, I don't know about that. I might have lied. Okay. Um, but you can definitely review us on iTunes if you have an iTunes account. Yeah. Uh, so do that while you're there. We've got some nice reviews lately. We Did you read the latest two that we have? Uh, I saw one of Because we had the really mean one where the people were mad at my cursing and my vicious mockery of... Um, What's his butt? MR James. Oh, MR, why did I start to say H? <laughs> <laughs> Only your favorite author. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Uh, but they, yeah, so then we had a couple new ones. So you guys could even just go to iTunes and read 
the nice things that people say about us there. Uh, oh yeah, someone called us the top show of its kind. That's yeah, so nice that of is you. super nice, right? I've never been the top anything of anything. They're speaking my love language right there. Yeah, they are. <laughs> hey, if you want to speak Hannah's love language, write us a words review. of affirmation. That would be so fun. That'd be so nice. Anyway. Uh, and then the other thing you should do is thing you can do. tell a friend. Yeah. In an affirmative way. Yeah. <laughs> Make it an active service by yes. by downloading it on their phone. Which is a gift. Yeah, exactly. And then play it for them while you rub their back, <laughs> which is physical touch. <laughs> With consent. Yeah. Obviously, Always don't just go consent. to a random stranger. <laughs> you know what? Go up to a random stranger, rub their back, and say, Lewis and Lovecraft, between Lewis and Lovecraft. And we will pay your bail to get you out of jail. <laughs> Do not make that <laughs> promise. I ain't paying anything. <laughs> All right, Hannah, we're we're taking off now. You got anything else to say? Call me Ishmael. <gasps> I was going to say, from hell's heart, I stab at thee. You've read a lot more Moby Dick than I have. <laughs>